If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Now it's time to talk about Indivisible, the nationwide progressive grassroots organization that's campaigning to defeat Trump. For that, we turn to Ezra Levin. He is co-executive director of Indivisible. Previously, he served as deputy policy director for Congressman Lloyd Doggett, who represents Austin, Texas, in the House. Ezra Levin, welcome to the program. John, thanks for having me. Well, first of all, remind us about Indivisible. What exactly is it? Yeah, Indivisible is this nationwide movement of locally-led progressive groups all around the country. They're literally in every single congressional district in the country, from the reddest red to the bluest blue to the purplest purple. There are Indivisible groups organizing uh, to uphold progressive values. And they started immediately after the Trump's election. Leah Greenberg, who's my spouse and the other co-executive director, we um, we were both former congressional staffers. We wrote this guide called the Indivisible Guide shortly after Trump was elected that basically said, hey, we were on Capitol Hill during uh, the rise of the Tea Party. We disagreed with just about everything they did, their ideology, um, some of their tactics, their racism, but we thought that they were really smart on strategy. Organize locally, focus on your elected officials, and never give an inch. Um, and so we put the guide out and uh, shockingly, John, people read it, and then even more shockingly, they actually formed these <laughs> indivisible groups all over. And so for the past two and a half years, we've been leading this uh, national organization supporting those groups all over the country. And what exactly is the Indivisible Pledge? So the Indivisible Pledge is something that we launched just a few weeks ago. And we launched it because there are, and gosh, I haven't checked my phone recently, but at most recent uh, check, we had 24 people running for president on the Democratic side. Uh, here's the thing we know, John. Uh, 23 of those people are not going to become president. That's just math. Indivisibles are dedicated to replacing Trump with a, a president who isn't uh, determined to destroy American democracy. And so that means that we need to engage in the primary. We ought to be uh, debating the future of the Democratic Party, the future of the progressive movement. That's important. We ought to engage in the primary. And also, we have to recognize that at the end of the day, we're going to rally around whoever wins and beat Trump. Um, and so the pledge has two parts. There's a pledge for our grassroots groups and their grassroots members, and then there's a pledge for presidential candidates. And signers of the pledge agree to three things. One, they agree that they're going to engage in this primary, and they're going to make it constructive. We're going to debate this future of the progressive movement. Two, they're going to agree that after the primary is over, after we've selected a Democratic nominee, we're going to endorse that nominee. Uh, and three, they agree that it's not just endorsing. We've got 16 weeks between the Democratic National Convention in 2020 and the election in November 2020, and we have to spend every single week ensuring that Donald Trump isn't president in 2021. The language of the presidential candidate pledge says, I will put myself at the disposal of the winning campaign. So it is a pretty high bar. Frankly, I... 
I was not worried about our grassroots members. I wasn't worried about the indivisible groups. That's where they are. They are engaging the primaries. They did this in 2017 and 2018, and they know that we're going to rally around the winner. I was hopeful that we would be able to get the presidential candidates to agree to this as well. And many, many of them have. Actually, as of right now, every Democratic presidential candidate in the primary that's polling at 1% or more has now signed the indivisible pledge with just one exception. One candidate has not signed. Who is it? That candidate is Joe Biden. And now I will say we have been talking to Joe Biden's campaign. Um, We are in communication with him. We are hopeful that he will indeed get on the pledge. And if he doesn't, he's going to be hearing from more and more constituents. You know, there was an indivisible group uh, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, and one of their members came out to a campaign event a few weeks ago with Joe Biden Um, shook his hand and asked him to sign the pledge and then gave the pledge to his staff. So we know he has it. We know he's considering it. And we're hopeful that before the first debate, he'll also be on board with this plan. I just have to speculate a a little bit. Why wouldn't Joe Biden want to sign the pledge? Is it possible that he's telling us that if he lost the nomination to Bernie, he would not support Bernie? Uh, You're going to have to ask Joe Biden that. Um, I think from the indivisible group's point of view, you know, we, we're going to have disagreements about who the best candidate is. And that's fine. That's natural. That's what primaries are for. We ought to be asking people, what is your position on climate? What is your position on taxes? What's your position on immigration? We should be having these debates. But for indivisibles, we understand that at the end of the day, those differences are small compared to the differences between these 24 candidates and Donald Trump. So it's not a high bar for them because we all know what we're going to be doing the weekend after the Democratic National Convention. We've already started registering unity events all over the country. These indivisible groups in key states have already started registering these events for more than a year out. So it's not a question. This shouldn't be a question for any of the candidates themselves because we should all recognize the existential threat that Donald Trump poses to American democracy. And we should be unified around this idea that we got to unify around the ultimate nominee. If it's Bernie Sanders, if it's Elizabeth Warren, if it's Cory Booker, if it's Joe Biden, we should all get aligned that that's what we should do. Now, if candidates are refusing to sign this pledge in the primary, I think they're going to find that primary voters are going to have a second thought about whether to vote for them. Because if you're not willing to agree to that basic condition, why should we support you in the primary? Indivisible has some other issues. Uh, High on the list is impeachment. On Tuesday in the New York Times, uh, op-ed columnist Michelle Goldberg had some amazing statistics on uh, the high proportion of Democratic voters who favor opening an impeachment inquiry. What is Indivisible arguing now about impeachment? We have actually polled our groups on this, and we've been talking to them a lot, too. It's worth noting, again, that Indivisible is not the, uh, the Ezra Levin movement or the Leah Greenberg movement. We are a movement of folks all across the country who are leading this. So we don't make just about any big strategic decisions uh, like whether or not to push for impeachment without asking our groups what they think. And what we've heard is, is loud and clear. What we hear is uh, actually more than 80 percent of the indivisible groups who we've surveyed recently are in favor of starting impeachment proceedings. And that's all over the country. That includes swing states, that includes purple districts, uh, in addition to city centers, in addition to to blue states. And so we we take that to heart. We want to 
be sure that we are making sure that the indivisible groups have their voices heard on this issue. And we understand that even good progressives, well-meaning progressives, disagree on this. I think what you would hear from some folks in Democratic leadership uh, is not disagreement around whether Donald Trump has committed impeachable crimes. I think Nancy Pelosi and and um, Representative Hoyer and others say that, yes, this, this man is unfit to be president um, and would probably say that, yes, we believe that he is committed impeachable crimes, the same, the same as indivisibles would say. Um, that's not what's up for debate. I, I think what we hear from House Democratic leadership is maybe this is going to hurt us in 2020. Maybe this isn't the politically smart thing to do. And, you know, I, I hear that argument, and I think indivisibles are grappling with that as well. But we also see the other side. Indivisibles got started in 2017 to fight against Trump care, to fight against Supreme Court nominee, to fight against rescinding of DACA. They started building the wave in 2018, registering voters, endorsing candidates, getting out to vote, because they wanted to check on this administration. And they were promised that when they did all that work, week in and week out, to make Nancy Pelosi Speaker of the House, to put Democrats in charge of the oversight apparatus, that we would actually get a check on this administration. That's what was promised. Now, we've heard from Mueller. We've heard from him himself essentially saying that it is up to Congress now to hold this man accountable, that his office couldn't do it. But now it is up to the House to move forward with impeachment proceedings. Mueller all but said that that is the next step. If Democrats fail to actually do their job, I worry about the political consequences there as well. I worry that it makes them look weak. I worry that it makes it look like they are betraying the grassroots that put them in power. And that has a negative political consequence as well. I can't tell you which one's bigger. I can't tell you if uh, starting impeachment proceedings will ultimately hurt us more or help help us more. And, and given that, given that basic uh, inability to predict the future, I think Democrats should just do their job. They should just do the right thing. And when we talk to indivisible groups around the country, they tell us the same thing. They would like to see impeachment proceedings begin. They would like Congress to actually do its constitutional duty. So uh, we've been talking with groups. We're participating in a, a June 15th National Day of Action. It's indivisible, but it's not just indivisible. Uh, it's a whole bunch of national organizations coming together to make clear that we expect House Democrats to actually do what they were elected to do. Now it's time for your Minnesota moment. That's news from my hometown of St. Paul that you won't get from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Ezra, I looked at the indivisible map for Minnesota, and the indivisible groups in Minnesota are everywhere. There must be 50 or 60 or 70. I look like on the north shore of Lake Superior territory, which I know pretty well. It's not just Duluth, Bernie campaigned there in 2016. There's also a Two Harbors Indivisible. There's an Indivisible Huddle in Silver Bay. There's an Afterburners group in Grand Marais, which is the last thing before the Canadian border. Who organized all these groups? What's going on in Minnesota? What's going on in Minnesota, I will say, is what's going on in all 50 states. Uh, You know, Indivisible didn't start as some sort of, you know, command and control hierarchy where we traveled the country like Johnny Appleseed for civic engagement, starting all these groups. We we released the Indivisible Guide. Uh, it went viral. Folks across the country, including throughout Minnesota, picked up the guide and started these groups. And I will say, I, I have a, um, a a particularly soft spot in my heart for the Indivisible groups in Minnesota because uh, Leah and I uh, both went to school at Carleton College in, in um, uh, just south of the Twin Cities. 
And in fact, Minnesota three indivisible, um, which is re- represents around the, the Minneapolis area. They have their own podcast. So there's ah. a Minnesota three indivisible podcast. And Ali and I have both gone on that at least a couple times. Um, and they, you know, did incredible work, not just, you know, setting up their own podcast, not just fighting against a Trump care bill, but they actually mobilized behind uh, the new representative, Dean Phillips, who just recently got elected, is a freshman member uh, and replaced Eric Paulson, who is a Republican representing that district and actually voted for some of the bad stuff that Trump is pushing. Well, I'm sorry we're out of time. We've been speaking with Ezra Levin. You can learn more about Indivisible at indivisible.org, where you can also find your local groups. And there are groups everywhere in the United States. Ezra, thanks so much for talking with us today. Hey, John, thank you so much for having me on.